there, I'm Andrea Koppel, and it's time for Coffee, the podcast where you get to hear firsthand what the jobs and careers that interest you the most are really like. Hey there, Java junkies. Welcome back to another episode of T4C. If you're interested in what it's like to be a career advisor and coach, then this is the episode for you. Because although that wasn't what my next guest thought she was going to end up doing when she graduated from school, she's spent the last 15 years in this field and absolutely loves it. But before I introduce you to Becky King, I want to make sure you've signed up for the Java Junkies Journal. That's time for Coffee's weekly newsletter that comes out on Mondays and gives you a sneak peek at the episodes and the guests I'll be featuring that week. And I promise you, it is super easy to do. Just head over to the Time for Coffee website at time, the number four, coffee.org, and the sign-up box is right there on the homepage. Now, my friends, please grab your mug and take a chug of your favorite caffeinated brew, because it's time for another caffeinated career conversation. And my guest is Becky King, a career advisor at Wellesley College in Massachusetts. Becky joined the career education team at Wellesley in September 2017, where she provides advice, support, and guidance to alumni and, of course, to students at all stages of their careers. She also helps to plan and deliver programs to students and alumni focused on the importance of networking and career transitions. Prior to moving to Wellesley, Becky had worked at six other colleges and universities in and around Boston, including Tufts, Emerson, Brandeis, and Framingham State University. Becky, welcome to Time for Coffee. Are you caffeinated and ready to go? I'm very caffeinated, Andrea. Thank you so much. (laughs) Awesome. You said that with such conviction. Are you a big coffee drinker? Yes, I am. <laughs> yeah, and so what's your favorite? Do you brew brew it fresh? I at do, home? I do. We brew Pete's coffee and French roast is my favorite. <laughs> nice. I'm I'm also a dark roast yep. person. So yeah, the fuller the body, the better. Yep. So Becky, we are gonna jump into our ten espresso shots, focusing on the career of or the field of career counseling. How does that sound? Great. First question. What entry-level jobs are available to young people who want to break into your field? Good question. So those of you who are still in college, you can even get involved at this stage. You can work in your college's career center. That's a wonderful way to get started. We have at Wellesley a fantastic front office team and many people who start in that role end up deciding they want to pursue career advising down the road. You can also be an RA. That's a form of advising, obviously, in your residence hall. So I would say any activity that allows you to empathize, listen, help people, provide some guidance, advice, be a sounding board, all of that would be good preparation. Entry level for career advisors in higher ed would usually require a master's degree, but you can certainly get a foundation even as an undergrad. And then coming out of that, you can do any number of things. I mean, you can do, some people prefer to go into crisis counseling and start at that end, then move more towards the vocational end. Other people start more in the vocational 
advisory end and, and stay there. So I hope that answers yeah. that broadly, you know, so many different ways to get into it. Absolutely. And I probably should have asked what I'm about to ask you first. And that is, if someone wants to be a career counselor, is that actually something they can do before they've even had a career themselves? You could. I think it would be somewhat challenging without having worked very much to become a career advisor from my perspective. But I did a lot of other things before becoming a career advisor. But I guess what I'm trying to say is if it interests you and you think that's something you'd like to do, you can get started pretty early in terms of just helping out in that vein. You can't sit down and formally advise people, at at least at colleges, until you're further trained, until you've had more career experience. And I would also think that even if you're not interested in this career, working in the career office Mm -hmm. would be a fantastic way to expose yourself to all kinds of different paths you can take. Exactly. And sometimes people enter from recruiting, from employer relations. There are just many different ways to get into this particular field. Terrific. So what is a useful skill or skills that you look for, Becky, in the people that you hire? I think what's very important is to be an empathetic listener. I think to be effective in advising someone, you need to understand where they are. And sometimes they can articulate that very clearly and sometimes not. And so if you can listen for the hints that are dropped, if you can listen and then sort of summarize what you're hearing, they feel heard. And that's a very important skill. I think in terms of, from my perspective, again, what's useful to me is I've had a variety of fields. I studied a variety of things, lived in a variety of places. I think that can be helpful as well, but that's not a deciding factor in being hired into this role. I think having pursued some higher ed courses in terms of advising, counseling, that can be very helpful. But in terms of skills, I do think it's being able to listen to someone and validate where they are. And (laughs) yeah, I would absolutely agree with you. What about someone's major? And that is as an undergrad, if they haven't studied fill in the blank, Mm -hmm. is that a deal breaker to get into this line of work? Absolutely not. And I come from a liberal arts background. I know you do too. Really, any major would be just fine to lead you towards career advising. There's no, oh, you did that major. Mm, Too bad. There's really that, that doesn't exist. And frankly, if you're not a liberal arts student, that does not preclude you going into career advising. So there is no limitation from your major, no. Fantastic. Now, you have already touched on the grad school degree. You've said that it is important. It sounds like it's actually an imperative to really get the kind of role you want in higher ed. What are the most useful graduate school degrees to have for someone who wants to be a career advisor in higher ed? And actually, where are the other places they can be career advisors? Sure. Yeah, that's a good point because I'm speaking as someone who has spent most of my career in higher ed, but many people are career advisors not in higher ed. So that is not obviously a requirement. You can advise people in the corporate arena. You can sometimes, in fact, increasingly companies are hiring career coaches internally. So you can go that route and never be in higher ed. If you are thinking about working in the higher ed arena, a master's in education is a helpful degree or master's in counseling is a helpful degree. 
but there are people with MBAs, there are people with law degrees, there are people with engineering backgrounds. I mean, really, any of these advanced degrees can lead you to be a career advisor. Within higher ed, you don't have to have a master's of education. It's common, yes, many people who are career advising in higher ed have that degree. But you could come, as I say, with other degrees if you have that niche or that expertise and you're going to be advising people in business and finance, then MBA is perfect. If you're going to advise people about law school or international affairs, then having public policy background or, or law degree, those are all helpful as well. Excellent. What about life experiences, Becky? You've mentioned the fact that you lived abroad on at least a couple of occasions. What do you think are the kinds of life experiences that would be most useful for someone who's starting out in this field? Well, for me, I mean, I think studying abroad was a huge factor in my life. It was sort of a watershed moment for me to go on an exchange program after high school and I think that opens your horizons quite a bit, but there is no requirement that you do that. That just happens to be what mattered to me. I believe in experiential learning a lot. So if you, if you can have an internship, great. I myself, however, did not have a chance to do a lot of internships. I was working to help pay tuition <laughs> every summer, so I was waiting tables. So I missed out on those wonderful summer internships that can really shed a lot of light on your future career choices. So I think outside of academics, trying on different careers, trying out different things so that you have some exposure and some knowledge of different things can be very helpful, even if it's volunteering, whether that's media or journalism and or banking and finance in other people's case or social justice or women's empowerment or whatever it interests you. Get some experience, I guess, is the main message I want to convey because that makes life a lot easier. <laughs> I came at it, as they say, from waiting tables and found it to be a lot harder for me to then figure out what to do. Well, I would say, I mean, this is only after having now been in my fourth career and having interviewed 200 professionals in all different careers. I actually think, especially if you want to go into career counseling or coaching, there is no such thing as a wrong job to have had because even the bad experiences mm. give you wisdom that you can share with students or with your colleagues if you're in-house in a particular firm that can give them some context and some real-life insights into what different careers are like. I'm glad you said that. That's absolutely what I believe that you really, you can't go wrong. I mean, I think what I did in my past has helped me and whatever you choose to do will help you in some way. And if you find out it isn't what you want to do, make a change. You can always make a change at any point in your life. And I think that's the wonder for me of career decision-making and career change is you can always change. I think in terms of experiential, I would add, if I don't think I articulated this, interviewing people. So what you're doing today and have spent your life doing, and I think what I enjoy is informational interviews with people and finding out what do you do. So if you can't try that job on yourself, nine to five, at least finding out from talking to people what a day might look like and what their life might look like for you, that can be helpful. Yeah. Absolutely. And I should probably remind our listeners that if they want to learn more about what Becky does in her day-to-day -day job at Wellesley as a career counselor, they should check out the show notes for this episode to see if our main Time for Coffee interview has already dropped. So Becky, what is the best part for you 
of being in this profession? Yes. The best part for me is I love talking to people and I love listening to people. So for me, (laughs) that's how I get to spend my day. And The concept of flow, if your listeners aren't familiar with that, is when time is passing and you don't even realize it because you are so engrossed in enjoying what you're doing, that's how I feel. So for me, getting to listen to where people are and helping them because that's been a core of my whole life is wanting to help people and listening to problems that they're grappling with, decisions they're trying to make. And I think that's just what I love doing. (laughs) Okay. And now we know every job, even the ones that you love, have a flip side to them. They have aspects that you may not love. So what is the part of your current job, Becky, that sucks the most? (laughs) I think it can be difficult sometimes in wanting to help people that sometimes someone has deeper needs than I can address as a career advisor. Career counseling while it touches on your whole life, because all aspects of your life will inform your happiness in your career, it's not psychotherapy. So sometimes somebody is in a great deal of pain and I'm not able to help them or they're stubbornly stuck and not wanting to listen and I can't get through. That can be hard. That can be hard and wanting to help them and not really being able to. Luckily, that doesn't happen very often, but that that would be the downside. Absolutely. But I would also think, especially in the university setting, you're at Wellesley, that there are psychologists. There, Absolutely. There are people that they can go and see, experts, who they can sit down with and hopefully start working on those issues. Absolutely. Lots, lots of resources in that regard. I think the other downside is sometimes you don't get to hear the end of the story. I love knowing where the stories go and how people end up and you don't always get to know that part, right? I mean, you help them and they move on. (laughs) So, and that's good. That's what you want, but you don't always get to circle back. Okay. So let's hope that some of the former students that you've worked with over the years, Becky, are listening (laughs) to this episode. And that is a cue for you to circle back with Becky and let her know what you're doing and how your careers are working out. Because I couldn't agree with you more. Some of the most, oh gosh, I don't even, it's beyond satisfying. It's like soul embracing moments that I've had since launching Time for Coffee have been when I have heard from young people, whether my interns or young listeners, how the show has helped them. So I can only imagine for someone like you, Becky, who's been in this field for 15 years, how reaffirming it must be. Absolutely. Right? To know that you are truly touching the lives of so many people and helping them find what's going to bring them joy. Yeah. I think that goes for all of you listening, for anybody who's helped you, really any mentor or person who has helped you, you may feel like, oh, I don't want to trouble them again. They were really helpful last year, but I don't want to get back and trouble them. It wouldn't be a trouble. They'd love to know. They're probably sitting here right now wondering (laughs) what is happening with Susan or Joe or whomever, right? So It's good to circle back and let people know how you're doing. Definitely. So Becky, what is the best career advice you've ever gotten? Oh, so much. (laughs) I think there's not one piece of advice, Andrea, as much as I think a philosophy or mindset, I guess, is what I'd stick to in that because there are lots and lots of, I have books of advice, trust me. But (laughs) there, I think the best thing can be remain curious, be curious and stay open-minded and positive as much as you can. Obviously, we can't be 100% positive all the time, but 
keeping that open growth mindset is so helpful in everything you do in your life versus the fixed mindset of, I'm not good at this. I'll never be good at this. I should just give up. And I think I mentioned a minute ago, mentors, mentorship. If you can find one or more, you know, most of us have several mentors who can help guide you like a personal advisory board. I think that can be hugely beneficial. So I think those are to keep it succinct. Fantastic. And I couldn't agree more with you about the importance of mentors. I was too insecure earlier in my career to seek out people who had been in the profession. My first profession was as a journalist to seek people out in my newsroom who I admired. And I really am kicking myself because I was afraid that if I went to them and said, gosh, you're so good at whatever, I would love your advice that I would be lifting the veil and admitting that I didn't know what I was doing. And of Mm -hmm. course, I didn't know what I was doing. I was making it up as I went along. I thought I was fooling them, you know? (laughs) And so it's just this, it's a little bit of a catch 22. Mm -hmm. But as you've already alluded, Becky, older people, and maybe they may even be very close to your age range, it's a rare person that wouldn't be incredibly flattered to have you reach out to them for some help. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a good quote from Robert Frost, Madeline Albright. I heard her speak the other day, gave this quote, and she said, Robert Frost quote that she likes the best is, the older I get, the younger are my teachers. And I think it's important to remember we can learn from those ahead of us that are older and we can learn from people who are younger. And I think back to your previous question, I love working with people older and younger than me because I learn from all of them. I learn something from everyone. In fact, without belaboring this point, you know, when I started Time for Coffee, initially I had my eyes set on interviewing people who were farther along in their careers. And Every now and again, I would interview someone in their 20s. And each and every time, Becky, I was so struck by how much I had learned from them Mm -hmm. and how much wisdom they had already. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't agree with you more. You really shouldn't put a number beside the kind of mentor that you want to have because they come in in all ages. Yes, exactly right. Yeah. So two final time for coffee espresso shots. What movies, if any, or Netflix, Hulu, Amazon shows or books, Becky, Mm -hmm. do you think accurately depict your profession? I I looked at, yeah, I thought about that. I can't say that there, I couldn't think of any that jumped out about, particularly about career advising. I mean, I'll say just a really good movie that I rewatched recently with my teenage children was Goodwill Hunting. And I think in that, Robin Williams plays a therapist. However, it's also a really good movie about career thinking and what you do with your life and the meaning of your life That's and so taking funny. ownership. My husband and I just rewatched that movie with our teenage son. Oh, wow. <laughs> recently. And yes, absolutely. It's just a great. It is, he is a therapist, but he does also provide a wonderful window into the opportunities that lie ahead for you. So that's the closest I can come to that sort of depiction, I guess. But Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Goodwill hunting. Final espresso shot. What would Java junkies be surprised to learn about the profession of career advising and coaching? Hmm. I think perhaps many people might be surprised the variety that it encompasses as a profession. We tend to think 
linear, right? People often are, well, so somebody helps you get a job, right? Go to the career center, go get a job is often the, the stereotypical approach. And there is so much more involved in being a career advisor. You end up needing to touch on other parts of people's lives because if you're not happy in your personal life, if you're not keeping yourself physically healthy, it has an impact. These all have impacts into your job, into your profession, into that aspect of your life. So there is a piece of that in this profession. There is a huge variety of topics, knowledge, and again, nobody can be an expert in everything. So constantly learning, I think, is another pleasantly surprising aspect of career advising is that you will want to constantly be rejuvenating and learning you know, new things. The variety of people with which you can interact also, as you can tell, it's a theme for me. I love variety. So, <laughs> Okay. Well, just a reminder again, if our listeners want to learn more about what a career advisor does, what a typical week or day is like, and how Becky came into this field, which was not her intent, certainly when she graduated, check out the show notes to see if her main Time for Coffee interview has already dropped. Becky, thank you so much for making Time for Coffee today with me and the Time for Coffee community. I really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you so much, Andrea. And thank you for having this podcast. I think it's really important for people to get a chance to, to take a peek at what different people are doing. So thank you. Thanks so much for listening to Time for Coffee, where the professionals in the jobs that most interest you always have time to grab coffee 24-7, no matter where you live. I have one quick favor to ask you. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to Time for Coffee. Thanks so much.